um, when it starts to go wrong, stop saying, oh my God, it's going to be one of those days. Because um, when, you, when you study NLP and the way the brain works, what you're basically doing is setting that as your expectation for the day. Power to Live More with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Jo Dodds and I started this show to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean to do the stuff that they want to do more than the stuff that they need to or should do. It's about creating a life for yourself where you have the energy, health and space to be happy and fulfilled, spending your time as you'd like, whether that be at work, home or somewhere else entirely. That's your choice. Hello. My name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today Joe's interviewing Pam Burrows. Pam was introduced to us by Jackie Handy from show number 173. Pam has been helping teams stress less and perform better for 30 years and has been awarded a European Health and Safety Award for reducing stress in the workplace. She is a qualified nursery nurse, social worker and a master practitioner in neurolinguistic programming, NLP. She delivers a host of techniques to empower positive behaviour change and increase well-being. Pam is an inspiring, energising facilitator and is a fellow of the Professional Speaking Association. She's often seen wearing a tutu, just for fun, and is known for being sparkly on the inside and the outside. Her customers include Tetra Pak, Nottingham City Homes, Nottinghamshire Head Teachers, Pendragon, Nottingham Uni Business School, Motorola Solutions and the Scottish Government. Back to the studio. Today I'm interviewing Pam Burrows, People Booster. Welcome Pam, thanks for joining me. You're very welcome, it's delightful to be here. Lovely, so start by telling us who you are, what you do and crucially where you do it. So I'm Pam Burrows, People Booster. So I help organisations to reduce stress. I do that on a strategic level and on an individual level, teaching people techniques to feel more calm and more confident. Um, I usually do that from my base in Nottingham, but of course, at the moment, I do it online. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, as do do many of us. We were just talking about how things have uh, changed considerably in terms of... uh, just things like being used to talking on videos all the time and so on. So my podcast quite my podcast quite retro now because we don't use video. <laughs> so tell us a bit about how that all came about. Um, stress and, and helping organisations and people to uh, reduce that is, is really topical. Um, but it's, it's not something that's sort of been talked about in those terms for many years. How did you get into this? I've been, I've been a tr- and a speaker is in one way or another and I've always been fascinated throughout that time in personal development so the whole thing about how we drive ourselves crazy and how not to do that has always been a fascination so over the years I've kind of narrowed down and in the speaking world people always say you've got to have a niche or if you're in America you've got to have a niche and um, and then for me the thing that uh, I found I most readily 
was drawn towards was the whole issue of burnout. And I've had a few incidences myself of getting very close to the edge and um, becoming utterly frazzled. Um, uh, in one situation, it was because I was driving four hours each day, every day, and, um, and then working in safeguarding whilst I was at work. So it was all, it was all a bit too much. And, um, and so I found that I was helping more and more people who were in a similar situation. And I think in any, in any coaching kind of role, coaching, teaching, training, whatever it might be, I think it's always easiest to find good content uh, and get people drawn to that if you've got something in common so i find i get uh, i get a, an audience of people who do too much and don't look after themselves properly is pretty much the <laughs> the, the headline of uh, of my, my typical customers and um and ironically well not ironically even really i think just um it makes perfect sense that a lot of the people that i talk to because they want me to come in to train their team um, they are HR or their health and safety, you know, they're, they're all about making sure everybody else is okay. And while we're talking about what I'm going to do for the team or the whole organization, um, it, it transpires that they're not okay either. You know, they're kind of doing too much and not resting enough, not looking after themselves whilst telling everybody else to do that, you know? <laughs> and so, so, um, so it just became more and more of a fascination of mine to, to help people understand how we get to that point. Like why on earth do we do so much and, uh, why don't we look after ourselves and then how to, how to put that in place especially for people who say I'm too busy to rest <laughs> yes yeah exactly and how did you sort of turn that into a business it's it's something that I think is re of real interest to many people going through their own journeys with their businesses um how you you know the, you have an interest you have experience you you know you have sort of strategies and tools and all that sort of thing that that you use perhaps with yourself as you've said sort of packaging that up um, to then deliver to other people is quite often the bit that that people get stuck with. And I, I know a few um, podcasts ago, we, I talked to um, uh, Heather Waring, who has made a business out of walking. Which mm. <laughs> at the time, you know, one of the questions to her was, you know, how how on earth do you do that? <laughs> but yeah. it's a bit like I always think with things like reducing stress, um, we all know we need to do it, as you said organizations are willing to pay for it but what is it i mean how do you how do you sort of um as i say package it up i think it's a really sort of interesting um uh process to share to share with people who are looking at running their own businesses as well so how did where did it come from we know why you do it <laughs> how did you sort of turn it into something you could make money out of i suppose is the short question okay so um so I was a bit the other way around compared to to Heather in that I was already speaking and training. I've been I've been uh, running my own business for 21 years. I've just had my 21st birthday in September. Congratulations! And uh, <laughs> thank can, you very much. You can <laughs> do whatever. I don't know. You can't do anything special when you're 21 anymore, can you? <laughs> no, no. It's all a bit meh these days. And um, yeah, so so I've been doing it a long time and just kind of honed and honed and honed what it is that I offer. So for instance, 21 years ago when I first set up, I, um, I determined to uh, write down absolutely everything that I could train people in because by that time I'd worked both in local authorities, 
in the private sector. I'd done lots and lots of uh, kind of public sector training, but also uh, sales negotiations and account management. So I've got this huge wide range of, of stuff that I could teach people the skills in. Yeah. And so, um, so I wrote this huge long list that I used to print out and give to people to, um, to encourage them to buy my, buy my business, you know, my, um, to, to buy me in. And, and of course, realized that you just look like jack of all trades and people are overfaced and they yeah. can't find you because there's no expertise that they're that they're you know just what they're looking for so over the years i've kind of narrowed it down narrowed it down and um and so how i package it now is um well i'm sure you've had people on about marketing and sales but the the uh, broad brush of that is you know i talk about what is it that people are having a problem with right now and then how I solve that problem and what that will mean for them if those problems are solved. Mm. But the, the actual stuff that I do, um, so I'm, um, I'm a qualified nursery nurse, which means that I studied child development and human behavior. I'm a qualified social worker, so did all the kind of uh, psychology around that. And then I became a master practitioner in NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. So what, what, what all of that does is the individual stuff that I teach, which is here's how to change the way that you feel in the moment. So you're feeling absolutely overwhelmed or desperate or um, anxious or depressed or whatever. So I've got some things immediately people can use in that moment to to feel better. Mm. And then over time, I realized that um, in terms of the business side of it, that that's all well and good. But um, if what I do is I go in and I'm just speaking to individuals, there's a limit to the impact that I can have. So then I started to self-study things like health and safety and um, documents that the health and safety executive in the UK and Ireland produce, which is they're, they're getting really good now at recognizing stress as a risk in the workplace rather yeah. than you know, hazardous chemicals and falling off a ladder and those kinds of things, which is kind of um, what we what we imagine when we think of health and safety. Yeah, I started studying all of that. And I kind of realized that a lot of organizations, they're a bit knee jerk when there's a, an issue of stress in the workplace, whereas actually they can be really strategic about it and they can have uh, policies, procedures, assessments and ways of supporting staff that's much more proactive um, and preventative so mm -hmm. um, so I help the organization to do that and um, a lot of my work comes from people who are in health and safety but they they are very much the hazardous chemicals and falling off a ladder uh, mm -hmm. people and they're like well I don't I don't really know where to start if if actually we're talking about um, what they call psychosocial risk in the workplace yeah. and then so they say how can we do that Pam and I go funny you should say that that's where I can help you <laughs> but it's, it's almost like by stealth because I do that stuff and it's good it's good stuff but it's not what I love what I love is we put all the strategies in place and then we start doing the workshops that teach people um how to manage their their own stress and yeah. behaviors and whatever and that's that's what lights me up because I see them light up and uh, and I, I just love doing that stuff yes yeah yeah because I'm, I'm sort of thinking um, you know, preventative on trips, slips and falls or whatever the, um, thinking back to my rudimentary health and safety training many years ago, um, mm -hmm. 
you know, would be things like, you know, I don't know, putting signs up and um, making sure you've got your paperwork and, and having your orange, what do you call it, things that you put in the way of water so people don't walk on it and all that yeah. sort of stuff. That's all yeah. sort of, you know, practical stuff. But then it's like the culture of how do you stop people spilling the water in the first place and how do you change the procedures and everything else. And I guess that's, as you say, the sort of the bit where you, you're then working with people. But how, how do you... Um, that bit you said about, you know, often people are employing you to deliver something to the staff when they're they're suffering just as much and probably are part of the problem because they're probably, I don't know, delegating too much or the processes aren't right or as, as an organisation, there's a whole sort of productivity type thing that's that's causing stress as well. How it, it feels like the bit you just said is like the sort of... Um, uh, the easy to to do and I know it's not easy but you know as in it structures it's sort of ticks ticking boxes it's having a process but then the rest of it is all very much driven by individual behaviors and then com- company culture I guess that's the joy of it the fact that it's so sophisticated <laughs> but simplify it for us <laughs> <laughs> well that's that that is where where it has to start really it is about the culture and it's how you shift that so for instance one of the things that we put in place uh in um in most organizations where i do the strategic stuff is that we um or, or rather they start doing um assessments on the roles in the organization so not the individual person so not um joe whilst she's doing her podcast but someone who is doing a podcast what's what's the risks in terms of stress around that so as an example you might look at the fact that there's going to be quite a lot of adrenaline going on so there might that might be stressful to you and how do you manage the adrenaline of a live show or you know live recordings those kinds of things um there's the there's the um if you're talking about difficult issues then there might be an emotional impact on you if if somebody shares something that's quite uh traumatic Mm -hmm. um so you'd you'd look at that role um and there would be an assessment on that and like any other assessment whether it's a trailing wire or a dodgy light bulb you then say and what will we do about that so what action will we take so so they do they do an assessment on every role and one organization that i worked with had a lot of this was before uh, the pandemic they had a lot of people working remotely um, some of whom were in a different country on a permanent basis to their manager so they had very little sense of support that somebody had got their back there was no kind of just catching up over the while the kettle's boiling in the office you know it was there was very little of that sense of support and so that was a stress risk in that particular role because uh, they hadn't got the support that they needed so then then they have to as an organization start changing you know if they if they're buying me in and and asked me to do this, then they have to. It's, it's pointless to invest in that uh, time and finances to then not do the thing that will actually make the difference, which is right. How do we get that person more support? How do we help somebody unwind after a podcast? How do we, you know, so how do you how do you actually tackle that risk and yeah. and lessen it? Um, and how do you skill people up so that when they're taking on that role new? Um, that they're ready for the role. They've got they've got the tools in the toolkit for the potential stresses in that role. So that's that's the key thing really that starts to shift the culture and the way that people talk about stuff and 
what what I've what I find mostly is once we're in there and every single person is expected to come on one of the workshops, um, then people start to realise that um, this isn't about. There's a few people with mental health issues, and um, you know, or there are some people who are particularly sensitive and they have to be careful. It's about everybody. everybody. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And what about the sort of current situation with the, the pandemic obviously you know remote working suddenly became a thing I'd sort of say how we used to talk so much about the future of work and all of a sudden you know the next day the future of work was here <laughs> and you know there's there's been a lot of talk about you know mental health generally the fact that you know this has been remote working during a crisis not just normal remote working you know this has involved homeschooling and god knows what else as well how's it changed what you do bearing in mind you're working remotely as well but also as we know there are lots of organizations who are working with their people remotely who never did it before they hadn't even thought about how that would <laughs> um, mm. play out um, and everyone's got a different situation as well so you know we often when I'm talking about employee engagement issues and, and talk about treating people individually you know we know some people you know I've had a lockdown that's been fine you know it appeals to my hermit nature and I've got a nice house and um, space to work and, and everything else but you know not everyone's in that privileged position and and that causes you know its own issue never mind any of the stuff about being connected with work and everything else so what have you seen change for you since that started well in March my work pretty much disappeared overnight because it yeah. was in in-person training and conferences and I started to talk to existing customers about how they were going to go online for their um continuing professional development and yeah. um, and some immediate help around stress and stuff. So um, a couple of them asked me to do online courses that were recorded with um, resources and stuff that people could tap into as and when they wanted to. Mm. And, uh, and some of them, we did some live broadcast workshops that were interactive and dealing directly with what people were experiencing. So then the other side of that was, what is it that people were experiencing well there were people who were living alone who were very lonely and feeling a little bit desperate there were people who weren't living alone but were equally frustrated and desperate because of the people they were living with <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know on that health and safety thing you know people who were um working in a way which was really bad for their posture and uh you know and their physical well-being because they they hadn't got the facilities to to sit comfortably and do do what it was that they were doing mm-hmm. um but also there's a there, it's it's much harder to regulate the working day so um there still is a huge problem with people blending their home and work life so maybe at lunchtime they um empty the washing machine and hang the hang the washing out so then they think oh well i'll need to work a bit harder later on and they work into the evening or they're still checking their emails via their phone whilst they're supposedly relaxing and watching television and that blurring between home and work is a real problem because um there are more people than you might imagine who are actually working more hours than they're getting paid for you know you'd think oh people are at home um you know a lot of them are going to be skiving off they'll just do the bare minimum actually that that isn't my experience what i find is people are working too hard for too long and 
even if it's a bit here and a bit there, there isn't a chunk of time in the week where they just completely switch off. And that's a huge thing um, in terms of working with stress mm, yeah. is that you need to properly switch off for a good chunk of time, not just half an hour here or there, uh, yeah. and have at least a day a week where there's no work at all and you're, you're just using your brain different parts of your brain and really kind of uh, replenishing all of yeah, that energy yeah. you've been using. It's interesting you say that. A couple of things. I I have moments um, and days and weeks sometimes where, where I'm feeling sort of overwhelmed and I've, I've kept reminding myself how I need to be intentional about what I'm doing. Mm. Um, as, as in, I have a really flexible schedule and I, you know, I work late into the night and then I sleep in in the morning and I potter around in the mornings generally not doing much in the way of work and sometimes I get all um, guilty about that and think I should be working and then I have to remind myself that I work at night when everyone else is probably pottering around (laughs) Um, and and so I've I've had to be really intentional about being in the moment and, and remembering you know in the moment that this is what I need to be doing now rather than worrying about what I haven't done you know elsewhere if you like. But it's interesting as well, you've just reminded me, years and years ago, I worked in retail, that was my first um, career, and I worked in retail before Sunday trading, mm-hmm. and because I am that old. <laughs> 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 and um, I worked in stores for the first five years of being an HR manager, and then I moved to our head office, and we worked Monday to Friday, and I immediately noticed how much more effective my my Sundays my weekends particularly my Sundays were than they'd been when I worked in store because obviously I was on sort of varying shifts but I um we'd we'd started to work Sundays so then it became that when when you I'm not explaining this well but when the store was shut there was no chance you could be contacted about anything other than maybe a break-in or something which wasn't my responsibility but there was nothing whereas when um I went to so, so when I went to head office, that's why I noticed it and, and at stores just on Sundays. But then when Sunday trading um, came in, and I moved to another retailer and I was back in operational stuff again. No day was a day where I couldn't be contacted about something, even if it was my day off because of the fact that the store was trading. Yeah. And it was a really interesting sort of um, contrast to understand the difference between having a day off when something could still come to you and having a day off when nothing is going to come to you. It's really yeah. interesting that proper, proper yeah. rest, isn't it? Proper, proper switch off. I, I worked, um, there was one of the um, uh, global corporates that I worked with and there was a, a senior manager there who was experiencing burnout. And when we kind of unpacked what was happening, um, because it was a global organization, of course, the time zones are different. Mm. So people are emailing you at different times of day and expecting a reply. And, uh, and when, when it kind of looked at what was happening for her, um, I said, you know, there's, at one point in the conversation, I said, there's got to be a time soon where you switch off completely and have a week or even two weeks away, just completely away. Yeah. And, um, and she said, uh, oh, I, I recently did, did have a break. I said, oh, how did that go? And she said, well, um, I, well, I had to shift the flight because there was an, a, a meeting that uh, happened as an emergency. So I had to fly a day later than I was going to uh, so that I could do this meeting. And I did take my laptop with me and I did uh, hook into a few conference calls whilst I was on holiday. I was like, ah, my 
my God, you know, it's like there is no point at which you are absolutely switched off, you know, and, um, and, and so it's, 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 it's not surprising. I, I sometimes use the example of um, a story I read about when the Twin Towers first fell, they had um, dogs who were um, finding people who were still alive in the wreckage. And these dogs were getting used as um, emotional support dogs, kind of by accident, really. So people who were there grieving were holding the dogs and, you know, wailing and crying and, and whatever. And mm -hmm. Every two hours, you could see the energy of these dogs being depleted. So every two hours, it was absolutely rigid. After two hours, the dogs weren't allowed to work anymore. They were taken to the park. They'd roll about, chase each other, catch balls, just be like whoop-de-doop. And they'd come back, spring in their step, tails wagging, ready for the next shift. Yeah. And and it just struck me, I was thinking, how long do we go on without just rolling around in the park? You know, yeah, we yeah. just carry on and on and on. And then we get so tired, but we're not actually physically tired. It's an emotional, psychological tired that we, we just go flat out, you know, maybe a glass of wine, maybe dinner, maybe television, because we feel so tired. And actually what we need to do is we need to shake off all that tension, all that um, kind of soaked up trauma and stress that we've been experiencing because often what people find when they do a bit of physical exercise at the end of a day like that you actually find oh a bit more energized now how how did that happen I was really yeah. tired now I feel less tired but I just did something yeah um, and so that I think that's the problem if we don't properly properly switch off we get yeah, I know we're, we're only on audio here, but I'm ro rolling my shoulders, you know, curving, curving my back, kind of, you know, slumped head that that so the whole body posture tells you everything you need to know yeah. about how that that kind of heaviness starts to affect us. Yeah, absolutely. So it's something I mean, we're talking um, in general terms about sort of corporate home workers and so on. But this is something that is a real issue for home based coaches and consultants, um, mm -hmm. people like us as well, in that that how do you sort of finish the day how do you not just keep working and like I was saying you know how do you not worry about five million things that you still haven't done whilst you're trying to I don't know cook your tea or, or whatever um how do you switch off how do you make sure there's that um uh, you talk actually I think you said integration before when we were talking about home workers I, I don't use work-life balance because I think it isn't a balance it, and it can't be a balance because you've got to step up at different times with different things um so I think it's integration. How, how do you make that happen for you? And, and what tips have you got for other business owners? So, um, so I keep an eye on my diary. If I ever open my diary to put something new in and my heart sinks, I know there's too much in my diary. Yeah, <laughs> there's, yeah. there's a feeling in the pit of my stomach that I get when I'm putting something in that I know when I get to that actual day, I will really curse myself for having squeezed too much in. Yeah. Um, so I try to, to notice that. I also have um, my electronic diary is color coded and I put things that are joyful and that are like the dogs going to the park I put those in yellow so I can see at a glance if there's a week without any yellow in it and if the, yeah. if that's the case then I'll even if I just plan a bonfire in the garden or dance like a twit in my lounge or you know did some something to just kind of shake it all off yeah. can I just and, ask you a question why no. is it whenever anyone says joyful I always want to finish it with and triumphant <laughs> <laughs> do you think I do too many carols at Christmas <laughs> carry on <laughs> Why not indeed? 
Um, yeah, I have a friend who, um, who worked, I don't know if you saw the uh, Jacket Potato song, the Baked Potato song oh, that yes. was viral yes. early in lockdown. So she and her family have got this habit now of any time anybody says thank you, they go, well, Baked Potato. And, uh, and she can't help but doing it even when she's with a customer and it just does make me smile. I love those little, little yeah. catchphrases you get stuck in. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so what was the question? So yes. And triumphant um, in your diary, yellow things. Yeah, what else? <laughs> so, um, so the model that I use when I'm when I'm doing my workshops is something that I honed over my own experience and my own learning over that time. And I found that there were kind of four main things, main areas of life where we go wrong and therefore burn out. And if we get it right, then we're enhancing our well-being, our confidence, our joy for life in general. Mm. And um, and over time, I developed those into an acronym, which is CARE, C-A-R-E. And so here's how it goes just very quickly. This, mm. this is normally done in a whole day's workshop. So <laughs> how bright you are that you're going to get it in 30 seconds so the c stands for compassion and that's not necessarily to other people because most people are quite good at that it's compassion towards yourself because that's um, one of the things that can lead to burnout where you're beating yourself up for not having done enough or not done it well enough or whatever whatever so c is for compassion being kind in your mind and uh, giving yourself the kind of encouragement you probably give to other people all the time. Mm -hmm. The A is for acknowledgement. And this speaks right to exactly what you were saying there, Joe, about uh, how do you end the day? The best way to end your day is checking all the things that you've done, even the things that were for somebody else that you weren't planning on squeezing in, uh, the little things that were things you'd have to do anyway, like hanging out the washing or, um, you know, putting more oil in the car whatever whatever it might be so acknowledge acknowledge all the things that were good about that day mm-hmm. and um you if you do it at, at the end of the day just before you go to sleep and you jot it down in a diary in a, in a little notebook you will sleep better and more because you change the chemicals in your brain when you start to acknowledge the good stuff rather than looking at all the things you didn't get around to the r is for reality and this is basically about time management so if you're saying yes to too many things it's about looking what's the reality so somebody asks you to do something and instead of um your intention to be helpful answering the question reality needs to answer the question and we get blurred between our intention to be a good person and try and fix things and the reality have you actually got the resources the time the patience the um the energy to do what, what's being asked of you yeah. so r is for reality and um not trying to get two pints into a pint pot yeah. and then the e is for energy which is to um to eat rest and hydrate um in the appropriate amounts at the appropriate time so uh, something you said about hang on what's the right thing right now what do i actually need right now it seems mm-hmm. like there's another job to do but i'm hungry and i need the loo and i need some fresh air and i need to stretch <laughs> and, you know what what do you actually need in that moment yeah. um, and then the other thing is those yellow bits in the diary for energy you have to have joy what are the joyful things and we have to do that more on purpose right now don't we it doesn't happen by accident or spontaneously we we have to do joy on purpose so think about what do you love to do maybe something you haven't done for ages or something that you meant to do but it fell off the list because it didn't matter to anybody else so Mm -hmm. making sure those are in the diary 
I think it's interesting that on purpose thing, I, one thing I noticed as we were sort of halfway through lockdown was that the things that I used to do on purpose to create that joy and, and take me away from the working thing tended to be stuff that involved me leaving the house. And that, that's not because I need to leave the house, but it was a good way of stopping me working. Yes. <laughs> so it was things like going to choir, uh, playing netball, uh, perhaps going to see my friend because um, I couldn't physically work during any of those things. Um, and I, I hadn't fully realised how much of my, the shape of my week was, was driven by me creating scenarios where I couldn't work. <laughs> because yeah. then when they went away, I found myself, you know, working all the time. And so I've had to build other things. You know, I never really watched telly. Well, I haven't I, in the past. I never used to. Um, and now I've ended up with a, a blinking Netflix addiction. <laughs> I find myself one of those like series. I'm watching one at the moment. Um, if you like nice, nice programs, it's called Heartland. It's about horses. And um, I was, I was like really overjoyed the other day to to look and see that actually there's ten series, and I'm only on series two. <laughs> but it's really funny that I mean I might still faff around and do work whilst I'm watching it, but actually it's given me something that that stops me doing you know proper work if you like and I should mm. take up knitting sometimes while I do it um, I sound like a right old granny um <laughs> but it's interesting because I have had to intentionally create things that I do at home that stop me working yeah. because otherwise you know that I thought I go I guess I fill the vacuum and so that's one of the things that sort of lockdown showed me but not to begin with and obviously I worked far too much at the beginning <laughs> When everyone else was swanning around learning languages and knitting yogurt and as I call it. <laughs> no, I think you're absolutely right. It's 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 putting it in on purpose. And I was saying this, I have a Facebook group called the Feel Good Club and I was saying it in there the other day that um set it up so I've, I'm trying to take a walk every day yeah. and I know that there will be days when I'm busy and I don't take a walk and I've got loads of reasons why I haven't taken a walk but those reasons pale into insignificance when you weigh them up against how much better my mental health not just my physical health will be if I take a walk even just for a few minutes every yeah. single day and um, and so what I'm doing <clears throat> is I'm, I'm setting up meetings with friends and we're going to have a distance socially distance walk together uh, a walk and a catch-up instead of having a a zoom or a or a phone call and because that's involving somebody else then I know it's more likely to happen yes yeah um and I've you know I try and do yoga every day and I've joined a new Facebook group which is um people who are uh, trying to do yoga every single day without fail and then sharing what what class did you do it's for from a particular yoga teacher Mm. uh online and uh uh, and and so I'm scrolling through my Facebook first thing, which I wish I didn't do, but there you go. Um, not beating myself up. Um, I'm scrolling through and thinking, you know, I'll just have another half an hour with a cup of tea. And I'll come across these people saying, oh, I'm so glad I did my yoga this morning. I'm like, oh, yes, right. I'm going to go do my yoga. So it's about setting up a positive conspiracy, you know, yeah. having your fitness clothes at the end of the bed. So when you wake up in the morning, it's the first thing you think of putting on, having people that you've agreed things with. So you go do those things together. Um, having, uh, you know, you can even set your computer up to um, uh, not be able to do certain things at certain times so that you know you have to go off and do something else yeah. so yeah I think you've, you've got to do stuff on purpose because if we just go with the flow right now 
it's really easy for a lot of people to feel like it's the weekend every day. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter yeah. whether I've brushed my teeth and you know. Like, I mean, the post, postman delivered a parcel earlier, and I I walked to the door and went da da, and he went, "That's about two days in a row, isn't it?" And I said, "Yeah, I look really scruffy, but at least they're not pajamas." They're <laughs> <laughs> oh, famous for answering the door in my pajamas, which I think is not a bad thing because I intentionally keep them on sometimes <laughs> but it is getting a bit of a, a bit of a joke I think it's so much about um sort of self-awareness because again one of the things I've done recently I at the beginning of lockdown I, I picked up a, a sort of coaching role for a client where I've got sort of 13 students I don't speak to them every week but you know the majority of them I do and I remember back again to my retail days where I had a whole day of interviews. I used to hate that day when I could see it in my diary. I hate having things in my diary. <laughs> so I'd have this whole day of things lined up. Then I'd get there. I'd have a brilliant day. I'd love the people. I'd have great chats with everyone. And I'd have really enjoyed the day, but I always dreaded it because it was a full day scheduled mm. in my diary. And I noticed that when I started coaching uh, at the beginning uh, of this, you know, sort of March time, the same thing that I was dreading every day because I had things in my diary. <laughs> and so I had to remind myself that that's, you know, what I'm like and that I enjoy it when I do it, but I don't like having it in there. So what I've decided to do and I've, I've now actively done is I've, I've corralled everything into these three days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And I have absolutely packed days, like back to back meetings all day. And I'm knackered at the end of it. Um, and I dread the days, but I love the days. <laughs> but then I also know that apart from my networking on a Monday, um, I've got the rest of the four days of the week to swan around doing the work I want to do when I want to do it. <laughs> yeah. Without any appointments in my diary. Um, but it took me like the whole of lockdown. So we're in September now, uh, no, nearly in October. Uh, it took me all that time to sort of work that out and make it work for me. So I think it is really about individual um, awareness and then acting accordingly as well yeah realizing what's going to help because often you look at what other people are doing you think oh why aren't I that disciplined or why yeah. aren't I that organized or why aren't I the person who can just do that without thinking about it actually we're all different so mm. what do you need that's going to help you um do the things that are important to you and if that is about um you know having a clear day like I, I am so joyful I said to um, my girlfriend Annie the other day I said you know what my perfect moment in time is where I've just had a day where I've been totally useful I felt like I'm doing my purpose like I've got a buzz from what I'm giving out into the world and feeling like I've achieved something which is that acknowledge again you get a burst of serotonin which is that success hormone and makes us feel really good and that the next day is completely blank in my diary that is my perfect night nine o'clock for me yeah 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 and so and you know it's about having this going back to what yeah. we said earlier on having at least one day preferably more where you probably will be busy but you'll do what you want when you want and yeah. there's nothing actually planned in it can be a complete pajama netflix popcorn kind of day should you <laughs> want it to be it's just yeah. knowing that you've got that space you know which is it's how it's meant to be really but we've we've uh, we've got this 21st century busy habit that uh, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I do quite a lot of work on, on occasions at weekends, and then I feel like I shouldn't, and I certainly shouldn't tell anyone because, you know, I teach productivity and things like that and self care and everything else. But then the reason I do it is because nobody's demanding anything of me because it's a weekend and no one else is, you know, expecting me to be doing anything. So I can just do what I like. And the fact that sometimes it involves work is just by the by. 
Yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting. And I, th- I think the trick with that, Joe, is that, and, and you mentioned this earlier, where you then you take your time off in lieu, uh, yeah. just the same as you would if you were employed. Um, so yeah. you are taking that time at some point. But yeah. I totally get it. You know, sometimes I'll do some work on a Saturday um, because it's it feels joyful. It's like there's this free space. And I'm like, oh, if I did that piece of work, I'll feel really relaxed about the following week because I'm kind of ahead of the game and it's going to do me loads of good. But I make sure that, you know, there is some other time, perhaps in the week, where I have that Saturday morning yeah. in lieu and, and I get that switch off time because um, I've, I've written a book called Burnout Buster and one of, the, um, one of the things in there is what I've done is 33 flags, red flags that suggest you might be heading for burnout. And one of them is, oh, but I love what I do. And I don't really notice how hard I'm working because I love what I do. And I'm so, I do this all the time. I'm like, oh, but I'm enjoying it. I know it's Saturday or I know it's Sunday or I know it's Tuesday at midnight, but I love what I do. And that's great. But there still is this, this um, balance that needs to be had where yeah. you might love it, but it doesn't mean you should be doing it all of the time to the detriment of your own health, you know. So exactly. um, it's about that. I think I've got a bit of a check and balance here because my husband works from home now and, and it will be permanent. The company have um, decided that since lockdown. Um, and he's very much, I was going to say nine to five. It's not necessarily always that because he, he ends up doing <laughs> discretion. <laughs> um, but it's pretty much nine to five. I've almost got that contrast so that if I'm playing my piano at 10 o'clock in the morning, not that I'm often up by 10 o'clock in the morning, mind you. Um, if I'm playing my piano, I feel like a certain in- level of indulgence because he's working. <laughs> Even yeah. though I might be working, you know, at 11 o'clock or on Saturday or whatever. So uh, I, I think I, I have enough of a contrast against his working schedule <laughs> yeah. to, to make sure I get it right. So, uh, and then giving yourself permission to enjoy that. Because what you don't yeah. want to be doing is playing the piano feeling guilty. You want to be yeah. playing the piano feeling fab. <laughs> exactly, exactly. If only my piano playing was better, eh? <laughs> <laughs> So um, let's move a bit into sort of the sort of technology side of things. Um, and, and maybe there's some stuff here around the, the reducing stress as well. What, what are sort of tools and apps are you using? Is there anything that you'd recommend in terms of helping with this stuff? Uh, I know a lot of people like the, uh, there's a Calm app and Headspace. They're mm-hmm. two, two, two great things. Um, I think they both have free levels, but, um, you know, paying a little bit into those gives you a lot, a lot more to go at. And that, that can be a way of um, keeping tabs on whether you're looking after yourself or not. Yeah. Um, but I'm all for free stuff. You know, uh, I've got loads and loads of stuff on YouTube completely for free. Um, I've got a playlist for how exercises to um activities to switch off your brain at night so you don't lie there thinking about what you uh, could have done and didn't get around to and all of those things <laughs> yeah. and um uh what else so um yoga classes i think everybody should have yoga on prescription yoga is just the bestest thing i think what what a lot of people think is oh well yoga is all slow and calm and it would drive me crazy or i'm not flexible enough you have to get into a pretzel position Mm -hmm. and actually um if you just think of yoga as stretching your body in the way that is comfortable for your body to release any of the tension that you've been holding on to, then that's all it is really. And, uh, and the great thing online is that nobody can see you. So no. I do a live yoga class with a friend of mine who's local, but um, who's doing it online currently. Yes, and, you uh, want to give her a shout out. You mentioned her already. So Oh, yes. Uh, so uh, her company is Yoga Nova. 
and uh, yoganova.com. And she's now doing in-person classes, but she live streams at the same time. And so you choose whether you buy an in-person or um, an online ticket. But what she does is a mix of, um, we kind of do meditation and chanting and all the kind of woo-woo kind of yoga. But it's, um, it's fundamentally kundalini yoga. She plays dance music while she's doing it. And it's really, it's just great energy. You know, if, you've, if you think yoga is all a bit fluffy then um you know yo, um kundalini yoga is uh, yeah. is a great way and the way that emily does it is uh, with the, with the dance music that's her particular thing um yeah. then uh, then that's really great yeah. and then and just doing something that is is right for you so it might be dancing like a lunatic in your own lounge you know just doing doing things that are that are good for you and yeah. not thinking it's got to be uh, don't beat yourself up that it has to be every day. Give yourself compassion, kindness in your mind. What is it you want to do when you want to do it? Um, maybe if you are a bit um, lax at making things happen, make a friend um, who's, you know, you're going to do some stuff together. Maybe just on a WhatsApp video, you're going to have a disco together of a, of a Friday evening or whatever, you know, do, do yeah. the things that suit you yeah. And, uh, yeah. and find it out there. It's all out there, but you've got to make it happen. It's great to hear about the, the yoga because we talk a lot about the lockdown and what restrictions that sort of created, but actually that's a prime example of, of a whole load of um, stuff that has, has happened for, for the positive. You know, she, she's mm. created a whole new way of developing her business. People who, as you say, don't want to go, to classes and be in front of people have taken up things like yoga i was just um, reflecting on my mother-in-law who um got into the old um what's his name the guy broke his arm oh, joe wicks joe wicks that was it yeah. um at the beginning of lockdown and i haven't checked this week but certainly a few weeks ago she admitted she's been doing it every day sometimes twice yeah. a day ever since and she didn't used to do stuff like that at all before yeah um, even though she could have you know, at any time done online exercise classes, but it never even crossed her mind. But because yeah. of, you know, what happened, she got into it and she's done it every day since she's 77. What a great thing for her to have picked mm. up as a habit as a result of the, the lockdown. So what about yourself and, and learning and improving? Um, clearly things develop all the time. You, you've um, shared some great resources today. Um, how, how do you keep yourself sort of learning and, and finding new things? Um, well, I'm part of the Professional Speaking Association. In fact, I'm president, uh, regional president of the East Midlands region, which is very exciting. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> so being, being part of a, um, well, it's national, but then we're connected globally to other, um, other speaking associations. So it's an international uh, community of people who speak for a living and um, we're just about to have our national conference next week uh, online of course um, so that's a that's a great way to keep me topped up with yeah. um, both my you know the speaking side of things but also my content and I'm just constantly reading really I've got uh, got a you know the huge stack of books that you're trying to wade your way through <laughs> um, and uh it helps that I'm absolutely fascinated with my subjects. So, you know, uh, neuroscience and, you know, just the, the whole workings of the brain and human behavior. So, um, so I'm constantly reading and um, listening to audio books to, to keep myself uh, going. But that's another thing I use YouTube for, you know, I'll, I'll just, um, because I've watched certain 
videos on YouTube and I'm subscribed to certain channels, um, when I open YouTube, it will just randomly suggest a video um, mm -hmm. on, um, you know, uh, recovering from trauma, let's say, uh, yeah. or why the brain does X, you know, I'm like, oh, yes, I'll have a look at that then. So I, you know, I, I do it randomly as well. And it's, yeah. uh, it's a fun way to do it rather than now oh, today yeah. I'm going to learn something new. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's funny, actually, you just reminded me, I mentioned I've been working with a load of students. It's around internet marketing type stuff. And um, one of the things we're doing is setting up YouTube channels um, for them. And of course, that exactly that happens. We go into their YouTube um, or their, their Gmail account connected to their YouTube and all these random things pop up. And I'm always, I'm always thinking, you know, I keep a straight face and don't uh, respond. But <laughs> there was one guy actually, uh, the guy I was with, we were laughing because we didn't know why it popped up at all. It, it, it was like, it was like someone like Dave and Debbie and there were all these like hearts on it and stuff. I'm thinking, I don't know what they're teaching, but I'm not sure I want to see it. <laughs> Oh yeah, it did strike, strike me that actually sharing our YouTube channel in front of people may not be what we want to do sometimes. <laughs> oh dear. So um, last couple of questions. So uh, what about those days where it all goes horribly wrong? How do you deal with those days? Okay, so um, when it starts to go wrong, stop saying, oh my God, it's going to be one of those days because um, when, you, when you study NLP and the way the brain works, what you're basically doing is setting that as your expectation for the day. So when it starts to go wrong, take a deep breath create a pause you know a kind of um a lacuna did you know it's called a lacuna when you put three dots in a sentence it's oh called... i didn't know that's what it was called i do yeah, know yeah, yeah. three dots that you're supposed to use grammatically i didn't know the rule but i didn't know what it was called yes yes so you can't uh, two two and four is wrong three is right okay. and it's called a lacuna so create a lacuna in your day you take a breath take a pause and be like, I can do this. I can handle this. Whatever's gone wrong. I've sorted stuff in the past, recognize your own. And this is, this is where the care model comes in because if you're practicing your acknowledgement, the A for acknowledgement, you will constantly have a store of, yes, I can do this because I did such and such yesterday and I can cope because last week I had that disaster and I, I found my way through it. Yeah. So you're acknowledging all the time, which, which helps you to realize your strength, your talents, your resilience. And, uh, and then the important thing to do uh, towards the end of that day is again, start to acknowledge what you have achieved rather than the disasters that happened or the things that, that weren't so good. But the biggest thing to do at the end of a day like that is have a good shake. Pretend you're a Labrador that's just come out of the stream and is having a darn good shake. It's the fastest way to shake off the tension of the day. And if you, um, I recommend um, Taylor Swift, Shake It Off. Uh, you can put that on YouTube. Yeah. And, uh, and just shake the whole body. You flap your hands, kick your feet, wiggle your bum, shake it off. I've got a video on it on YouTube, actually. Um, and, uh, and then just sit for a moment or two, taking some nice, long, deep breaths. You will be amazed at the, the power of just that one technique alone. Um, so when it's all hit the fan, recognize what you did achieve, what did go well, and then shake everything else off. Brilliant. So that will be in the show notes, that video. Don't you worry. <laughs> uh, and finally, those days where you get to live more, and that's where I say you get to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the stuff that you don't want to do. What do those days look like for you? 
Oh, shed. I have a shed, which is not allowed to have any gardening tools in it. <laughs> a sofa and fairy lights. And uh, oh, actually, yes, which is where I will be uh, hosting my online spa retreat. Um, oh, yeah, we didn't talk about that. Tell us more about yes, that. Yes, we're going to talk about that, that weren't we? Yes, so, um, so yeah, my, my shed is full of fairy lights and bunting and, uh, and a beautiful Victorian sofa. And, um, basically I get people to come online on a zoom call and they have a, a virtual spa. Well, it's a real spa, but it's just where they are, not where yeah. I am. Yeah. So we, we put our feet in a, a bucket of, um, nice smelling soapy water and we do a foot spa. Then we do foot reflexology, hand reflexology. I teach them how to massage the tension out of their shoulders and how to ease the tension in the head neck and shoulders to uh, help you to sleep better and prevent headaches uh, we do a creative um, we do a visualization where uh, you're on a Maldives beach I've got a video uh, you're on a Maldives beach and we do a relaxation so you feel like you've had a little virtual holiday and uh, and we talk about the psychology and the science of stress and relaxation so that people understand the the, the fundamentals but it's it's a very interactive experience and it lasts for two hours with a little break in between and uh, it's loads of fun and you know people um, the last one I ran somebody said that she had her best night's sleep in her life ever that she can remember so um, yeah a couple of hours and uh, so tonight and Saturday I'm doing two free ones I do them for organizations um, but I'm doing two free ones for people that have been working through lockdown and frazzled HR people and teachers and health service people social workers anybody who's been completely up against it through lockdown and they're uh, they're all joining me Oh, I'm so glad you got that in. We, we had discussed it over email when we were working out timings for recording this, and then I'd completely forgotten about it. So lovely to hear all that detail. Yeah. It just sounds so amazing. So, so we were talking about your, what you'd do if you were living more. So you'd be in your shed. Is that what you'd be doing or other things to, in addition? I'd be in my shed. I'd be writing. Um, that's one of the things I really love to do. And um, I'd probably have a bonfire going on. Um, and uh, my girlfriend's just learnt how to make bread, so I'd probably be eating warm bread and butter. <laughs> oh, that all sounds lovely. <laughs> Brilliant. It's been so lovely interviewing you, Pam. In fact, we said before we came on that two separate guests of mine had recommended you, so uh, oh. they, they were absolutely right in their recommendations. So thank you so much. Tell people how they can find out more about you and get in touch. Okay, so um, the best thing to do uh, to keep in regular contact is if you go to my website, which is pamburrows.com, and at the bottom of every page, there's a sign up for my Monday motivation message. So every Monday morning at 6am, I'll send you a little ditty by email. It'll be the one email every single week guaranteed to be doing nothing but nice things and uh, not asking you to do anything but look after yourself so uh, that'd be the best way and you will be able to hear if you sign up for that you'll hear when the next free um, online spa retreat is going to happen um, and uh, as I say find me on YouTube uh, loads of free stuff Pam Burrows People Booster on YouTube and uh, I've just uh, tonight I will be launching my Patreon site which Ooh. is very exciting so uh, if you haven't found patreon yet it's a uh, it's a place where you can uh, subscribe to people for a small medium or large amount of money each month to get um, um, content that is exclusive that you can't get elsewhere so find me on 
patreon.com forward slash Pamboros. And uh, that's launching tonight. So you're not meant to know about it yet. <laughs> <laughs> but this won't be going out till November. So we'll be fine. Oh, yes. Um, good point. <laughs> Um, that that is so cool as well because I think you're my first guest in 185 interviews to say that you have a Patreon account. So if you're listening to this and you haven't checked out Patreon, go and have a look. You'll find loads of people that you know on there anyway, um, doing different things and stuff. But go and check out Pam. Lovely, <laughs> you. Um, lovely. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. It's been a pleasure. All this information is available in the show notes. If you go to powertolivemore.com forward slash in this case 185 then you'll find them there and this week I just want to ask that if you enjoy the podcast uh, please would you consider sharing it with somebody else I've been running the podcast now for I don't know how many years I think Ellie was eight when we started obviously we've got 185 shows published I've got um, another I think eight in the bag and probably about another 12 interviews to do as well so I think I'm pretty booked up until the middle of next year at the moment. <laughs> so I'm not going anywhere. The uh, podcast is uh, going to go over at the 200 mark shortly and uh, we'll sort of continue on from there. And uh, I've just got some really great guests. I've done three interviews today and I just really enjoyed them and I just want to get this out to more people. So it's aimed at home-based coaches and consultants who are the people that I work with. But as an employee engagement consultant as well myself, I feel sure that some of the listeners are uh, leaders in organisations and there's certainly some useful content for them at times as well because that's sort of the nature of how I ask the questions um, of some of my guests as well. So um, yeah, if you know anyone who loves podcasts and uh, is interested in people and interested in productivity and well-being, and about how people get started in business and what they do and why they do what they do, then I'd really love it if you could share the podcast. You just can send them to the website, powertolivemore.com, or they can go to any of the podcast places. So Apple Podcasts, um, uh, what else? Spotify and all the other places. In fact, you can even listen to the podcast on your Alexa if you add the skill uh, on your settings on your phone and um, once it's added you just need to um, ask Alexa to play the Patilimal podcast and it will happen. <laughs> so please share if you feel able. Thank you. And again the show notes for this week are at powertolivemore.com forward slash 185 and we look forward to speaking to you next week. Use your power to live more. 